You're listening to the Embrace Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron DeRue, and this is the podcast where we embrace all things life while giving God the glory. Today, I share my testimony or my personal story of my entire life, and also what is Boldly Authentic? Boldly Authentic is something that I created, and I'm going to tell you all about it in this episode. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello. It has been a while since I've recorded a podcast, but I missed it, and I do want to keep recording more frequently. I have a goal of recording a podcast a week, so we'll see how that pans out. But today I am getting pretty vulnerable, but if you know me personally, that's probably not a big deal because I I tend to get pretty vulnerable pretty quickly, Um, and that's just because I am at peace with myself and my story. So today I'm going to be sharing my personal story, testimony, whatever you want to call it, and talk about what Boldly Authentic, my ministry that I started about two years ago, um, what Boldly Authentic is. So without further ado, um, here is my story. So my parents met at a bar when they were super young. (laughs) Yeah, throwing it way back to when my parents met. Uh, My parents met at a bar super young. They were like 21 years old and dated for a few months and accidentally got pregnant with me. And um, it was a shock. They were kids just partying, trying to have fun. And people actually wanted my mom to have an abortion. Um, Obviously, she did not. I am alive and well today, 25 years later. Just turned 25. Crazy. Um, so yeah, my parents had me young and they did the best that they can, um, best they could. By the time I was one year old though, they pretty much were done with each other, broke up, separated. They were never married, so they broke up and I spent my entire childhood going back and forth, literally every three days, like Monday, no, Sunday through Wednesday at one house, my dad's house, and then Wednesday through Sunday at my mom's. And of course, since they were young and figuring it out, I went to grandparents' house and friends' house and family friends' house and um, other family members' houses and just kind of tossed around. I remember feeling tossed around a lot as a kid. um, And I really didn't believe I belonged anywhere. Like, I didn't feel like I had a family or a home but instead I felt super scattered and spread out. Um, By the time I was around six, both of my parents had married other people. So I had a mom and a stepdad at one house and then a dad and a stepmom at the other. And then, you know, as the years went by, they all had kids. And so then I had four, I have four um, half siblings, um, two at each side of the family. So not only did I grow up going back and forth between parents, but then as I got older, I went back and forth between families. You know, these siblings were at this house and these siblings were at that house. And I had to be the one to pack a bag every week and move and pretty much be part of the other family for the second part of the week, which is bizarre. And I don't know how I did it now thinking back at it. But yeah, really just never feeling like I belonged anywhere because I was constantly moving um, and having to be pretty much a different version of myself every both houses I went to. Um, yeah, but I was not raised 
going to church. There was no faith background at either house. Um, I don't think, I don't even remember ever having a spiritual conversation at any of my houses with any of my parents or siblings or family members. Um, I've always believed in God. Like, I'm just, I don't know. I just have always believed in God. Never, never once anyone told me that I had to. I just always naturally did. Like, as a kid, if if someone were to ask me, do you believe in God? Yeah, yeah, I do. I love him, you know, just not even knowing anything. I just, I don't know, I never struggled with belief in God. I just knew, I just always knew in my heart he was there. He was alive. Um, right around, so things started to change. Um, right at 13, it was right before um, the summer going into high school. I had found out that my dad had been doing drugs, and as a 13-year-old girl, it was like the worst day of my life. <laughs> I found drugs at my dad's house once, one day when I was there, and freaked out and felt really, really scared and really, really frustrated and really confused and anxious, and I called my mom and told her, and pretty much what that started was like a second <laughs> no probably like a th- world war three for a couple of days and um what ended up happening was that my dad didn't want me to stay at his house anymore 13 years old so for the first time in my life for the first time in the 13 years of my life I moved in with my mom full-time it was the first time I had ever lived anywhere more than four days And I was very heartbroken because my perception of it was that my dad didn't want to be my dad anymore and that he didn't want to tell me about what he was, what he did or was doing. And instead it broke my heart because he pretty much showed me that it was easier just to get rid of me rather than work through something hard. Um, Because I had two younger brothers at the time who were kids. I mean, I was 13 and my brothers were like six and three, so very young. Um, And so I felt so abandoned by him because he was going to, you know, still be their dad, but didn't want to be mine. And um, there, that's what I believed created a really big abandonment wound in my heart was that traumatic experience at 13 years old. Um, But there is a great thing that came out of it, because God is cool like that, and that is, at that same time, um, all my friends were Christians. (laughs) I had a really amazing group of friends, and, you know, I shared with them everything, and I would go to church with their families, and go to their youth groups, and go over to their house, houses, and And one of my best friends at the time actually, like, gave me my first Bible when I was going through the hard time with my dad and prayed for me. And I remember the night I gave my life to Jesus, I was sitting in bed crying. I could not go to sleep because I was so heartbroken over my dad not wanting to be my dad, you know. And that's how I took it. And I remember looking. It was nighttime, and I was looking out out at the window, and I was looking at all the stars in the sky And I remember just crying, and I was crying out to God, and I didn't even know how I was crying out to God, but I just started 
I just started praying and I just started saying things like, God, I love you. God, I trust you. Um, you know, you, you are a good dad. You're a good heavenly father. I, I believe that I trust you. I trust that I give myself to you, father. Like at 13, no one ever taught me how to pray, but here I am just like pouring my heart out to the Lord. Like as I look up at the stars and weep because of my situation and I take my Bible and I just kind of just start flipping through it and just reading little verses here and there. I don't even know what I read. I don't think it really even matters, but I remember just falling to my knees and just surrendering my life to the Lord. Um, And I instantly, I just felt like God came in and swooped me up and gave me a big hug because I felt so much love and so much peace in doing that. And I just, at 13 years old, I gave myself to the Lord in in a very just supernatural way. I mean, that's how it happened. God's love just overtook me, overtook my room. And that's where it all started, honestly. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, after that, I started high school and high school is a big, big deal, you know, and I just plugged myself in. I was, I stayed so busy in high school. I was, you know, taking a full schedule of classes. I did sports. I did clubs. Um, When I turned 16, I started driving and I got a job and pretty much just, I never wanted to be home, right? My home, I came from, in my perspective, I came from a broken home. I didn't have a home. I didn't have a family. Um, My dad didn't love me. Issues with step parents, such as pill, drug abuse, and emotional neglect, I want to say. And I just, I stayed busy and I stayed, I stayed busy at school. I loved school. I plugged myself into every Christian club, every youth group. I I remember I started walking to the closest church to my house just so I could go to church. And I started going to their youth group and then I started singing on their worship team and I started making all these new friends and it was just so amazing. It was definitely like my outlet. Okay, now fast forwarding into my late teenage, young adult years, I really, really just dove in and grew in my faith. Like I said, I joined a lot of clubs um, at my high school campus. One of them particularly became my main community, my best friends. I made, um, I had mentors and I led the club, and I helped um, mentor the younger classmen as well, um, and it was just so amazing. I really feel like I became alive and became who I am today because of how involved I was and how much I was growing in my faith during this time. I ended up graduating high school and volunteering for a year with this organization, and then a year later, I joined staff, and I was one of the youngest staff members, and Um, I helped launch a ministry at a new high school here in San Diego, and I just was like, wow, I love this. I love being a Christian. I love the Lord. I love ministry. I'm called to this. I went to Puerto Rico three times within three years um, doing missionary work and helping launch a movement at high school campuses in Puerto Rico, and I went to Portugal for Um, a spring break as well. And I just, nothing else made me feel more alive than sharing the gospel to people and help mentoring people 
to know the Lord and, and know who they are. Um, and yeah, it was just amazing. My young adult, my young, young adult life, like 19, 20 years old, it was so just one, the word that I keep thinking of when I think about it is amazing. I was growing so much in my faith while helping others grow in theirs. And it was great. Um, but after a while, things got harder for me in the sense of I was putting God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and my religion and my beliefs pretty much inside of a box. And whether I was told to or not, I was. I was pretty much doing this thing where my faith became stagnant and complacent and it was something I could just check off the boxes to get done for the day and then I could do whatever I wanted or then I could be other versions of myself rather than living a life like fully submerged walking every moment with Jesus. I ended up like having a really really hard summer um, where I honestly just lived a completely hypocritical lifestyle. I was involved in ministry on staff doing ministry leading a lot of things leading summer camp um, Bible studies, mentoring, all of that stuff. But then at the end of the day or when things got hard, I would go drink and smoke weed and just pretty much be <laughs> opposite of who I was saying I was. I was in a relationship and it ended and um, I made like really bad choices. And I just felt so rebellious and just the need to rebel and I felt like I could just get away with it or that I could do whatever I want because at the same time I was also doing ministry. And so it was really hard. And, you know, after a while, all of the consequences of my choices caught up to me. And and I had I ended up getting fired from the ministry I was on staff with. I, I was 19 and I lost my job, my boyfriend at the time, my friends, my community, and gosh, it was probably to this day still the hardest time of my life because I put so much into building this and it all came crumbling down. I was probably, it was probably the most depressed I've ever been, the most lost I've ever felt. Questioning everything, questioning who I was, questioning who God is, questioning if God is good questioning if I had just ruined the whole plan for my life based on making some bad choices. And yeah, I just was very, I was knocked down. But I didn't stay knocked down. God made me to be a very resilient person. And it was hard that season. And I, it, it was unbearably hard. And I cried and I felt sorry for myself. But then it came to a point where I needed to move forward, and that's what I did. I didn't have a ministry job or a community that I was part of, or, you know, I wasn't, my life didn't look like it looked a few months ago, but I made the most of it. And my intimacy with the Lord coming out of that crash and burn season, my intimacy with the Lord grew so much. And he God knew that I needed intimacy with him. And that intimacy with the Lord is worth far more than any amount of kids you can mentor, any amount of platforms you could speak on, 
any amount of movements you can launch, how much dollars you raise, intimacy with the Lord is everything. And when you are not secure in your intimacy with the Lord, nothing else matters. And I needed to learn that, and I learned that the hard way, and I am completely 100% okay with that. And what this season of surrender looked like for me, it looked like a lot of time alone, which was and still is very hard for me to be alone. Um, I'm a big people person. I love being around people, but in this season, I was alone a lot, and it was really hard. It looked like me journaling and writing a lot. It looked like me going to the beach and going on walks, meditating, healing, really. It looked like me making new friends and finding a new job and finding a new church. And a lot of just questioning who I am and what I want and what I stand for. Um, it was a very developmental season and it ultimately led me to be at the church that I still am now and in the community that I am with now and joining this church my faith has grown so much and I think because I came into it with a very humble and eager and open heart and coming out of that season and just into a new season of learning so much more about um, things like speaking in tongues and the gifts of the spirit and how to operate and live life out of an overflow using your gifts of using your gifts of the spirit healing and the power of prayer and really just like authority I learned I have learned so much about the authority I have and yeah I mean it's been amazing I'm fast forwarding a little bit but that was my foundation of coming into the season that I'm currently still living in over these past few years but I do want to hit on a couple things I mean this is just a quick testimony this is no way everything I've ever been through in my entire life but something that I have learned is that a key thing in my life has been something called shape-shifting where pretty much ever since I was a kid I could be almost on demand whoever I needed to be in whatever situation I was in whoever I was around I would change for them to like me wherever I was I would change to fit my environment I would change myself my attitude my personality my likes dislikes to fit the environment that I was in and this has followed me up until today honestly I still struggle with it because of that I never it's hard for me to be firm in who I am even if that means I'm the only one but that's ultimately the goal is to be confident in no matter what situation, no matter who I'm with, no matter what's going on, that I can confidently be myself. The amount of breakthrough that God has done in my life since my childhood, since growing up, since going through high school, since being fired, since learning about the gifts of the Spirit, 
since conquering some major battles like an eating disorder and an addiction to love, anxious attachment style, shame, identity issues. Those are like the bulk of the main things I've struggled with in my life. And having overcome them, not not indefinitely, right? Because we all struggle still and we all sin and we all fall short. Jesus' blood has paid for it. That doesn't mean we'll never struggle. We still struggle. I still struggle with all of those things I listed. But I know that my identity is not found in them anymore. And that I don't struggle with them nearly as much as I did in years previous. Um, I really had this desire a few years ago to help others. I mean, I had gone through so much and I had come out on the other side. Something in my spirit was just bubbling up inside me. And I just really had this strong desire to want to help women in places that I've been. And women all over the world struggle so much with the exact same things I've struggled with, you know, shame, identity, eating disorders, love, um, attachment styles, all of these things. And so I started to just kind of write in my journal, you know, little, little things that were on my heart and testimonies and revelations. And, um, then I would reread things that I have written in my journal over the years. And, I like got this feeling inside me that like, oh my gosh, like these could all be messages. Like all of these journal entries, these could touch millions of women. Like, (laughs) and I believe one day that, that they will. Amen. And slowly but surely, I just started gathering like resources, like my journal entries and social media platforms and just kind of like talking word of mouth people. Um, talking to people, you know, word of mouth, my friends, my family. And I decided that I wanted to launch a ministry and I wanted to speak and, and be a person of authority over young women all over the world to know that they are loved, seen, known, valued. They are, you know, called to heavenly places that they can overcome, that they are champions, that they are warriors. Yeah, and so I launched my ministry, Boldly Authentic, on May 1st, 2020, right, right in the heat of COVID. Um, I didn't want anything to hold me back. I pushed through. I persevered. It was great. So what Boldly Authentic is, Boldly Authentic is a nonprofit organization here in San Diego, California, um, in which I'm building a community of young women who are on fire for the Lord, who are on fire for Jesus, who are on fire and passionate about the Holy Spirit and living a spirit-filled life, um, to equip and empower young women to be bold and live true to themselves, as to live as the authentic version of who the Lord has created them to be. And not only just live it, but inspire others to live like that too in their own communities, in their own families, in their own workplaces. Um, I have this big dream and big vision of one day hosting conferences with women all around the world to come and get fed and get fired up for who they are, for who God has made them to be, um, and then go out in their communities and then do the same thing, you know, equip people, build women up. Um, I'm so sick 
of women's ministry looking like everyone looking perfect in dresses and sipping tea and eating cookies and being submissive and I mean being submissive is is biblical I'm not saying it's not but I'm looking for a warrior badass woman for the gospel to not be scared of spiritual warfare to not be scared to fight a little bit Um, that's what we're called to do we are we are badass women for the gospel and um, you know there's an army rising up of young women who Um, have had enough fakeness in the church and who are ready for the next level of their faith and have no one to show them what to do next. I know because I was there. I've lived there for a long time. There are women who are living double hypocritical lives, just like I did for a long time, because it's easy and and you can get away with it. And there's no one um, calling them up and calling them higher. So I really want to be a voice for these women and start a movement, build a community, live out this brand of living a boldly authentic life for God. I also want to not only build a community, but also it's kind of like a threefold vision. So we, we build up leaders and community members, and then I want us to go out and go out to the streets, go out to the jails, go out to um, addiction homes, spread the gospel. I want to evangelize to the nations. You know, I'm not scared of going to the dark places. I'm not scared of stepping into unknown territory. I believe that's what I'm called to do and it's who I'm called to be. And I'm going to take people with me. I'm taking you with me. We're going along on this train and it's going fast because it's it's on a mission. So yeah, that is what I'm currently building right now. Boldly Authentic just celebrated its two-year anniversary a few months ago. And um, I mean, what God's doing is amazing. You know, I, I wish I could I could work on the ministry more full-time, but right now I'm also working um, almost full-time at another job that I love. But um, also, I'm not in a rush. Well, I take that back. I can be a little impatient, but God's not in a rush with me. (laughs) So God is continuing to change my heart and build me up. And as he does this, I faithfully do it to this ministry as well. If you have any questions or want to get involved in Boldly Authentic, totally reach out to me. I would love that. Um, How I support myself is I raise support. So I pretty much... Um, I partner with my friends and family members and whoever supports the mission to give um, a gift of any amount at any reoccurrence. So some people give once a year, some people give once a quarter, and I have a handful of faithful supporters who give monthly as well. Another way I support this ministry is I have a merchandise line. So I sell hoodies and t-shirts and um, also I do prophetic artwork jewelry so it's an impress bracelet and when someone orders I have just their name and I pray and ask the Holy Spirit um, what word they want to give them I pray and ask the Holy Spirit for a word for that person so um, say your name is Amanda you know I say Jesus what do you want to what word do you want to give Amanda and I and I wait and I meditate a little bit and then the first thing that comes to mind when I pray and ask that the first word that comes to mind I um 
letter by letter I imprint that in the bracelet and then I ship it out to you and it's amazing there's been a lot of good testimonies you guys should check it out on my Instagram page a lot of good testimonies from people who have received the bracelets another way to get involved is you can come and attend an event I try to host an event about once a month I've done beach picnics park picnics um, dinners dinner parties just to gather I'm really big on people gathering um, I think so much health comes out of just being friends and communing with one another. And so I really value events and gathering. So, and everything, all the information is on www.boldlyauthentic.net, which is obviously the website, or the Instagram, which is at boldlyauthentic. So, whew, I know that was a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much if you're still listening this Thank you so much for listening to this. You've made it this far. You're amazing. And thank you for just supporting me and believing in me and being in my life. Um, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Let me know what your favorite part was by screenshotting it and posting it and tagging me. I would love to get to know you better and get to know your favorite part and just be keep on building this community of women who are living our boldly authentic lives. Thank you so much and have a great day.